And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. My best advice for this weekend is uh, try to stay away. (laughs) It's going to be a madhouse downtown. But any other time, make sure you are stopping by to visit our good friends at the Holy Grail. Support the people that they are uh, they are proudly supporting us. Go get yourself a nice cold beverage. If you're going to a Reds game, get yourself a little grub at a reasonable price before you head into the ballpark. All of that good stuff. Just probably not this weekend. They, they're okay this weekend. I don't think they're going to... Uh, I don't think they're going to miss your business. <laughs> no, Are you hanging be... out downtown this weekend, Dave? I got a four-year-old's birthday. Absolutely not. Absolutely no downtown for Dave. No. I'll uh, be, I mean, like downtown adjacent, Ryan guys tomorrow night. Is that, does that count? You're going tomorrow instead of Friday? Or I keep, I keep, I keep thinking today's. Thursday. No, I'm, I'm not going tomorrow. So Friday, does, does that count, I guess? That's downtown enough. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, then, then yes. Okay. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But but no, Saturday, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to be down there tomorrow morning, Friday all day, and then Saturday it's on Chelsea. What's tomorrow morning? Uh, the merch truck opens. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so uh, it opens at ten, but apparently I she I have to have her in line by eight, which isn't going to happen because she's not going to wake up. I'm so I'm sorry for your bank account. Yeah, I'm going to make Chelsea buy it. Chelsea's <laughs> Chelsea's getting free tickets to Taylor Swift. That's like a four thousand dollar value, right? Yeah. So like she's going to have to buy my daughter merchandise. That's just how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, don't go downtown this weekend. I love I love Jimmy and, and Don at the Holy Grail, but uh, stay as far away as humanly possible. They're predicting north of thirty thousand at all the Reds Padres games, uh, and then obviously, you know, a hundred thousand people down there for Taylor Swift. There's a concert at the the, the music center. Um, yeah, it's FC Cincinnati has a game Saturday. <laughs> Stay away. Stay as far away as possible. Colin, if you're coming to Cincinnati this weekend, change your plans. Don't do that. Can't say I was, gentlemen, but that note is taken. What's going on, fellas? I appreciate y'all being patient with me. We just Oh, had- con- congratulations on Wyatt Gilmore. Yeah, well, I appreciate I mean, the kid just couldn't have figured out a better time, honestly. But, yeah. Oh, hey, we deal, we deal with that all the time, man. It's, it's no we, worries. We had it's one a- – we had one last week that was supposed to go at noon. And what time did he go, Dave? Eight. Like 7 30, 8 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know how you guys know how that goes. Once you're told, hey, this guy might pop at seven, I'm like, he's either gonna go straight at seven when we get on this live stream, or I'm gonna be sitting here like an idiot through the entire thing waiting to hit publish. So well, he, hey, he was he was punctual, so you we, we yeah. appreciate that. But uh that's an encouraging sign, right? That, those right. are my, always my favorite kids. They move up the list immediately. If you say you're going to commit at five and you commit at 501, that's my guy. I like him. <laughs> Big fan of Wyatt Gilmore off the bat, gentlemen. Big fan. We're joined by Colin Kennedy from our uh, Oklahoma site here on 27, 247sports.com. Uh, Colin, tell them where they can find you. 
Yeah, hit up uh, SoonersIllustrated.com. We have been doing some really good stuff, I feel like. It's been an exciting time to get this thing launched up and going. Got a really good staff, Tom Green, James Jackson, Josh Calloway, and just me doing my best, right? And so really busy time if you're covering Oklahoma. And if you're a fan, no better place. And then, of course, I always try and do my best, and the rest of our staff does as well, keeping other fan bases informed as to what's going on in Norman. So exciting times. Be sure to check us out. Dave, all right. Well, we appreciate it. Uh as most people listening to this know, UC is coming into the Big 12 in a couple of days. Oklahoma will be leaving the Big 12 in about a year. Yeah. Uh, let's go Let's go back a year, though, to start. From the outside, Lincoln Riley taking the USC job was pretty surprising. Brent Venables coming in, not as much of a surprise uh, due to his history with the Sooners. Season probably didn't go as you guys – wanted anticipated where is kind of the the vibe right now going into year two of venables in a in that weird transition year of still in the big 12 but um, i mean we're doing it we've been talking about it for a year you guys i'm sure are talking about the sec and have been like where is the fan base where is kind of the team in this year two after a down year for Oklahoma and then with the SEC on the horizon. Yeah. First off, I should say, I appreciate y'all having me. You know, this is the number one Cincinnati side community for a reason. And being not only a big fan of collegiate athletics like I am, but also being someone who's worked with our national team for the past year and a half or so before returning to the OUB. Really cool to be on here with you guys. And it's also obviously really cool to see these two programs intersect in this new Big 12 look. And as far as Oklahoma and the fan base outlook and kind of the program outlook, like you mentioned, David, I would tell you that it's cautiously optimistic, I feel like is the best phrasing there. So here's kind of the thing that I've been telling a lot of people. Oklahoma fans, while eccentric, as we keep saying on social media as they are, they kind of understood what Brent Venables was dealt with, right? I mean, when you you mentioned it, when Lincoln Riley left, that was probably one of the more shocking moments in program history we had seen in years. And with it, you don't see the type of program exodus like Oklahoma did at a program like that. And then on top of that, the natural roster turnover that takes place with a new head coach, like you guys know, that added on to just a completely blank cover. And so, with Brent Venable stepping in, I mean, the guy's trying to make the program a little bit more uniform in terms of how he wants this thing to look. And he just didn't have a lot of talent that I feel like fit what he wants to do. And so as this thing progresses, they have, let's just call it what it is, guys. It's a bad year, last year, right? And so going into this season, the schedule warrants wins. And I think Oklahoma has done a really nice job of bringing in some prospects and players who I think fit what Brent Venables wants to do. And again, too, another year under both of these systems, too, right? So these players not only are new, and while a lot of them are new faces, the, the guys who are remaining still now have a greater sense of what they're supposed to be doing to win. And so I think fans give that rebuild year, and going into this season, you look at the schedule – you look at this Big 12 conference, you look at the talent of Oklahoma's roster, and you say, you got that rebuild year. Now it's time to go win some football games before you make the move to the SEC. Expectations are always high at Oklahoma. It's been that way since Bob Stoops. It was that way with Lincoln Riley. In this final year, given what happened last year, given the new teams coming in, 
is it fair to say like Big Twelve Championship is is the main goal? Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, it to a lot of people it probably feels unrealistic, but like guys, you cover a fan base, I cover a fan base, we all kind of know the fans have their expectations set. And whether you like it or not, you better meet it. And so at a place like Oklahoma, especially in a year where a lot of programs within the Big 12 are going through transitions, right? And the Sooners maybe have a little bit of momentum going for them. Texas is going to be a tough out. TCU, Kansas State, all these newcomers are going to be very talented as well. But Oklahoma's general expectation is to make the Big 12 championship, right? I mean, that's just a program foregone conclusion. And maybe it's not 100% fair to Venables and the staff, but fans don't really care. And so especially when you look at this, Kansas State and TCU, two teams that vied for Big 12 title, a lot of turnover there, although I think both teams are very talented. Texas is at essentially an all-time high going into next season, but as we've seen, got to put it all together first. And so for OU, it's basically now or never before you go into the Southeastern Conference. And we talk about those program expectations, right, David? you got to win the Big 12 championship now because I don't think the expectation is going to be an SEC championship in the years to come, at least. I, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a Tennessee grad, and I, you know, I, I don't want to tell anybody how to, you know, expect, but you, right. <laughs> there's a different level of expectation coming for for Oklahoma. And, and, and they're an exceptional blue blood program, but just like we're about to experience the week in, week out difference, it's going to be the same type of thing. Um Dylan Gabriel, sooner, we are sooner illustrated insider at C Kennedy two four seven says Texas is back. Yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, single one. That's <laughs> trying to get me fired on my my second month on the job. I mean, my goodness. Well, we we talked last week. We said that every team in the Big Twelve, regardless of whether they were playing Texas or not, when they score, should do horns down this year. See, I, and that's the thing that Cincinnati's going to have to figure out how often, when, the timing. Do you know when the penalty flag is coming? We, like, like, we don't get to play them this year. So it's, you know. It's, that's true. I think any, anytime you score, regardless of who you're playing, just do horns down. There you go. Um, but Dylan Gabriel, we're very familiar with, transferred to Oklahoma from Central Florida. Yeah. Um, is. I mean, I feel kind of silly asking this question. Like, is he the definite starter? You have Jackson Arnold. He is, by all accounts, been very impressive already at his time at OU. Like, is there a possibility when you guys come here at the end of September that we could see him? Or is this firmly Dylan Gabriel's job? So the thing I keep phrasing it as is there's a difference between being the starter and the closer, right? And... I think this is Dylan Gabriel's job firmly at the start of the season. That being said, he's got to figure out a way to carry through the rest of the year, both from a actual starting quarterback perspective. And honestly, they have just like health, right? I mean, whether it was a UCF or at Oklahoma, he's missed games that have forced him to sit out and allow someone behind him an opportunity. And so when you look at the timing specifically of the Cincinnati game, I would tell you personally, I would be stunned if Jackson Arnold is the starting quarterback for OU going into Cincinnati, Ohio. At the same time, kind of the game I'm circling for that Jackson Arnold berth is that Texas game. And we have literally seen it play out in Norman before 
They go into the Texas game with a starter. It's not going hot. And obviously, they didn't have Dylan Gabriel last year. So he's going to have his chance this year. But you'll lose 49 to nothing, basically, in last year's game. Someone's got to go win the game. Like, they can't go 0 and 2 to Steve Sarkeesian, this new staff, and think everything's going to be okay. And so Arnold could step in there. Then the bye week comes and they could prep him and then see if he steps onto the field for, ironically, UCF. But I don't think Dylan Gabriel is going to be in question as OU starter when they play Cincinnati. But again, it's about finishing the season, not just starting. Right. D- different coach, but that, like you said, that happened two years ago with Caleb Williams in in Red River. So yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a possibility. Couple of big wide receivers: Marvin Mims, Theo Weiss out. Who are kind of the Offensively, where is Oklahoma gonna gonna make their hay this year? Is it is it they've always had a good offensive line? Is it gonna be a running game? Do they have some reinforcements coming in at wide receiver? How how does the offense look like they're gonna attack this year? Well, OU fans are asking the same question right now. I mean, honestly, you look at this, they lose Eric Gray, who when he came in from Tennessee, I was banging the table for that guy as a take. And while there was a little bit of an iffy surrounding him, I I feel like he came in and really did some impactful stuff both on and off the field. He leaves as Oklahoma's lead back. Oklahoma's still facing a giant question mark at both wide receiver and tight end. And so you look at this offense in terms of just the skill guys, I would tell you this, Cincinnati's defense has got a chance to be pretty darn good. Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk are going to be basically the one-two punch at running back, sort of like a thunder and lightning dynamic there. Barnes was very highly rated, as was Sawchuk coming out of high school, but this will be truly like their first opportunity to sort of carry the load. And then a wide receiver, Jaleel Farouk, is probably your best bet as the number one guy. He's an East Coast cat, but, I mean, Farouk has all the talent in the world. It's just about – getting him the ball and getting him open and Levy's offense is structured to do that, but you got to put it on paper still. Right. And then they've got some other guys who Drake Stoops kind of like the safety blanket, although he's probably not starting for a ton of other programs. And then you've got Andrew Anthony coming in from Michigan. Brennan Thompson is coming in from Texas. Jaquez Petaway is a freshman wide receiver who they're really excited about. Just put up ridiculous track times down here in Texas. But then at some point, one of those wide receivers is going to have to pan out because, like, you look at the tight end spot, guys, and real quick, I, it's, I don't even know who's supposed to be the go-to guy there. I mean, Austin Stogner is on paper, but he transferred out. Out and then back. And he's still got a lot of work to do, to like, healthy-wise and all that. And then you've got a couple other dudes who – it's just kind of a giant question mark in the position. So wide receiver and running back, there's guys there but they have to step up, and if they don't, OU fans are going to continue to ask the question that you're asking. Right. I mean, I I, I definitely understand that. We're, we're kind of in that same – like you have some wide receivers that you think can be playmakers, but none of them have either had the opportunity to do it yet or shown they can, so it's just – it's a wait-and-see type of a situation. Along the front, like I said, OU's always been elite. Bill Biedenbaugh, absolute – awesome offensive line coach is that going to be the case again this year do they have do they have their usual you know creed humphreys and orlando browns and and guys like that i I don't think so now i do think it has a chance to be a pretty good offensive line but i think especially early on 
you guys know this. An offensive line takes a few weeks to build chemistry. And even like when Bill Beatonbow and OU's offensive line won the Joe Moore Award, that group for me in person, I thought it took them about five, six weeks to all come together and play at that elite level. This group loses both starting tackles and an offensive guard. So there's new faces stepping in, but they're really excited about a couple of these guys. Tyler Guyton is a former transfer from TCU who is a very athletic build that they're filling out. He can move well. They think he's got a, a chance to be pretty special there at tackle. And then opposite of him is Walter Rouse, who is a Stanford transfer. Well, Anytime you get an offensive lineman from Stanford, usually that's going to be solid. And Walter, I can tell you this right now, coaches are really pumped about what he's doing on and off the field. He could be not only the blindside protector for Oklahoma this season, but maybe the leader of that front. And then the interior group looks good, but they will have some things to prove. Andrew Rain will be the center. He's an in-state guy. He was a highly rated recruit, but still has to put some things together. This should be his year of emergence. And if it isn't, they have a guy that they're bringing in and Troy Everett from App State who might get some reps at center. And then you've got some other guards. McCade Metower is a former transfer from Cal. Uh, they've got another transfer coming in from uh, Miami, Ohio, Caleb Schaefer. Long story short, there's a bunch of other names. Savion Bird, though, is the guy at guard I'm kind of circling. He was a really highly rated prospect from Duncanville High. If you guys know something about Texas high school football, Duncanville High is as good as it gets when it comes to talent. Savion's still needing to fill out, but he could be really good on the inside if he wants to. And so this group, like I mentioned, has a lot of names. It's just got to all come together. And with them all getting more experience, it's, it might take a few weeks. And so Cincinnati might catch them early on in a, a difficult spot. Flipping it over to the defensive side, where are you, like, in the spring you watched in – or however you guys cover in the spring and then going into preseason camp, like, where are the spots that you think need to take the biggest jumps from last year to this year if Oklahoma's going to get – you know, to the Big 12 championship? Yeah, it's it's a it's a really good question. And I would tell you that if Oklahoma's defensive front takes the step that I feel it should, then that's a game changer. And they have addressed that at a high rate. They've brought in so many transfers. Like if I try to sit here and tell you every single name they brought in on the defensive line, we'd be here for an hour. But Feels, really like, feels like our wide receiver room. We have one, yeah, exactly. one, one returning receiver from last year's team. Exactly. I was listening to Chad on the, the cover three the other day, and, and when Chad says there's basically one returner, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like OU's defensive line, if we're being honest. Now, there is a little bit more continuity, but they've got Rondell Bothroyd coming in from Wake, who they think could be the leader at defensive end. They've got Ethan Downs, who's the other defensive end, is an insane guy they brought in. They want him to be a leader. And then there's a ton of defensive tackles that they need to work out, like so many interior guys that need to step up. And obviously we talk about it all the time, just like the offensive line stuff. If you have a good defensive line, you win a lot of football games, especially in this conference where the Big 12 is, like Dave Aranda would tell you, for example, a little bit more physical up front than you would expect. And Oklahoma just, especially last year, I don't think they ever really were able to dominate along the line of scrimmage defensively and so you've literally seen i mean they're telling you via the transfer board and all that we have to be better on the defensive line and if they are i think that changes the trajectory for this team in 2023 is there anybody like who's kind of the do they have someone in the leadership role kind of like tone setter is there is that 
Is that someone at the linebacker level, in the secondary level? Like, who who should we look at as as UC fans to be like, if this guy is playing at a high level, he's going to be able to get the defense kind of together and moving in the right direction? Easy answer for me is Danny Stutzman, the linebacker formerly from the state of Florida. He is the defensive leader. He's the middle linebacker. He's one of the most vocal people on the entire team. He's on OU social media platforms all the time. Like, He's basically become one of the faces of the program. But you mentioned it, and it's a really key part of your question. If he's playing well, that's when Cincinnati fans need to be concerned because when Danny Stutzman is on, from both a pre-snap and post-snap perspective, Oklahoma's defense completely changes. But if he's not on and your middle linebacker isn't clicking from a mentality and then play perspective, like it's very apparent, especially the way Brent Venable's defense attacks, right, where they force those linebackers to be very aggressive. And so I think it all kind of comes down to what is Danny Stutzman doing on Saturdays? And if he's doing a lot of good things, usually the rest of that unit is going to follow. What is kind of the – like, what is something that we as UC fans should know just about big – I mean, we I watch a ton of college football. I know yeah. probably more than I need to know about, you know, teams that I've had no, no reason to know about for a long time. But, like, yeah. you know, what is something about Big 12 football other than the, you know, the, the tropes of, like, oh, well, it's going to be much tougher week in and week out or – or, you know, like, what do what do Big 12 teams kind of have in common? Do they have anything in common? Is it is it literally just – it's just better talent across the board than what we're used to playing? Like, how would you characterize Big 12 football to a UC fan who is excited to join the league but doesn't really, you know, sit there and watch the Oklahoma State, Texas Tech on a Saturday? Yeah. No, it's a great question, and I'll answer it in, in two quick parts. One more of like an X's and O's, and then one more of just the general view of the conference, and one's probably more in-depth, the other one's just fun. The first answer being more in-depth, focused. This conference, Dave Aranda talks about it all the time, and it's an excellent point that I think Cincinnati fans need to be prepared for, especially because Cincy's defense could be very quality. In the Big 12 specifically, you're going to see a lot more 12 personnel and tight end usage than you're going to be expect like almost every single team in this conference has tight ends that they feel they can utilize and utilize at a high level and it's literally going to improve at media days i mean jared wiley at tcu k-state's got a number of them baylor always has really quality tight ends and so on and so forth several people in this conference have now started to understand that the tight end position and then some of the formations off of that are changing the way Big 12 football is played, and the national perspective probably hasn't caught up to that. So I'm not just focusing on just tight ends here, but basically what I'm saying is because there's more 12 personnel and tight end utilization, you're going to see a lot more run-heavy schemes, wide zone, play action, steady releases, right? So plays made after the linebackers are starting to read. It's very difficult to adjust to, and it's going to ask you to play more physical, but more on your toes. And that's why I think, like, for example, Oklahoma, and then transitioning to the second part, the thing you also learn coming into the Big 12, everyone's got a thorn in their side program. I don't care who you are. Every single school in the Big 12 does not want to see a certain school in the Big 12 on a Saturday. 
For Oklahoma, that's Kansas State, right? And I think going back to the point, anytime Oklahoma sees Kansas State, it's that heavy run action, physical tight end fullback play, forcing your linebackers to read and react properly. It, it's it's wildly difficult to play K-State when it comes to Oklahoma. And you could go through every single Big 12 fan base and you could ask them, who do you not like playing on Saturday? And they would give you an answer. For so Texas, it's point, Kansas, right? Exactly. Look, <laughs> Chad, you're already caught up the Big 12 ways. Here we go. Hot start, gentlemen. But, but they're back. They're back. That's the thing. So Kansas, I mean, Texas has to over – uh, perform against Kansas, and they'll get through that thorn in their side. OU dodges K-State this year, and I can tell you right now, everyone in Norman is praying to the gods that they somehow dodge that bullet. But whoever it is going to be for Cincinnati, like I'm mentioning, there's going to be a play style, a school, a staff, someone you don't want to see in the Big 12 ever again. And it's going to be fun for me, just like you, David, as someone who just watches a ton of football, who that exactly is going to be for Cincinnati. I'm curious when you talk about the the evolution to 12 personnel for a long time, the big 12 was seen as air raid wide open. And then you had a year or two where it felt like the defense is finally caught up and you had defense kind of dominate the conference. Is this 12 personnel like going heavy now a reaction to everybody that went light and now it's, it's course correct. Without a question in my mind. Right. So Take Oklahoma, for example. I mean, you look at Jeff Levy's offense, and it's kind of the old Big 12 to a degree. They would tell you it's more run heavy. But it's the old fear and shoot, spit on the sidelines, spacing offense you're probably used to seeing from Big 12 offenses. So what happened? You guys know this. Iowa State, John Haycock, that staff, they said, well, we're going to do something in the Big 12 that everyone's going to try and replicate. It's that rush three, drop eight. Three, three, five, Exactly. That's what they started doing, and Oklahoma couldn't figure it out. Several other schools like Oklahoma State, they couldn't figure it out. You saw all these stunning losses, like when Iowa State beat Oklahoma and Norman or Oklahoma State catches a bad loss Iowa State. And Iowa State's not just beating the in-state Oklahoma schools. They're beating a ton of other programs in the Big 12. And so what happens? Like you mentioned, Chad, they see the, the rush three drop eight prevent the big play, and everyone in the Big 12 says, well, we got a lot of running backs in this conference. Like running back talent's not scarce. And then we can recruit the tight end position because big guys want to catch passes. So let's just run this type of system instead. And I think that's why, like you saw K-State when they hired Kleinman, they just surged almost immediately. Like there was not a ton of reactionary time for that new staff. And then Jeff Grimes get hired at Baylor after a terrible year for the Bears He's a brand-new offensive coordinator, and Baylor rips off a ton of wins because they start implementing more run, more tight end usage, and here we are today. So exactly what Dave Randa and what you're talking about, Chad, that's where we are now because of this consistent offensive and defensive evolution. We saw it here. Marcus Freeman did it and and helped him elevate uh, you know, the top of the charts. UCF, the first two years, Luke Fickle was here made easy work of Cincinnati's defense, a defense that in year two was a top 10 defense. And then in year three, they waited and waited and waited. And then the UCF game hit and they broke out the three, three, five. And it, it stayed Luke Fickle's base defense for the rest of the way. But yeah, I just, I think it's interesting that, that now you're starting to see this evolution of everybody went light. Everybody went five DBs and even lighter at linebacker than, I think teams have ever been 
Right. Somebody eventually was going to say, you know what? We're just going to line up and run it at you because you're too light to stop us. Right. And, and that's why, like, for example, to further this point, Lance Leipold, he comes in. Look what Kansas does with that run-heavy system, right? And I think it's going to carry over for these newcomers. A lot of these staffs are built out to run the ball a ton, utilize their tight ends. And I think that's why Cincinnati, they could be very effective in this conference, especially because of the new look. I mean, Emory Jones, those running backs, some of the, the zone scheme stuff. If you run the ball heavily as a Cincinnati offense that looks to be pretty talented, it, it could cause some people some issues, especially early out of the game. Yeah, Real quick, just want to thank up, Tonk for his donation. Um, he, he did ask, is Colin visiting Nippert? What up, Dallas neighbor? Tonk is uh, one of our regulars who um, watches and what have you and, and lives in Dallas. So, Hey, there we go. Louisville area, Kyle, love it out here in DFW. Was in Nashville, Tennessee for the past year and a half and had to get back. So Dallas Fort Worth. Are you gonna are you gonna make the trip up for the for the game? I won't I will be bouncing around the high school football scene down here in the South Central, but our Sooners Illustrated staff will all be there outside of myself. So you'll get to meet the whole team. A lot of good guys in there. All right, well, they're really fun. Some of my guys have already booked their flight to Cincinnati, so they're itching. Make yeah. sure, make sure you give them my info. They, they're, they're, extend the invitation to the. We have a tailgate party, so they're more, than, they're more than welcome to come and, uh, and hang out before they, before they go to the game. And we're looking forward to it, man. Way, but it's been several years. But UC did, UC and Oklahoma did have a home and home, and it was, it was a lot of fun. A lot of Oklahoma fans came to, to Cincinnati for that game. So. Definitely look, looking forward to uh, to getting one one shot at, at the Sooners before uh, they head off to the SEC. Yeah, Dave had Dave had one stipulation when he agreed to, to work for me, and that was I don't work games because I tailgate and go to the games as a fan. So you can do whatever you need to do. I'll work the other six days, but Saturdays are for me. So he has the Simone family tailgate. Uh, at times we get it sponsored uh, by, you know, beer companies or uh, we had a butcher one week sponsor the, the Simone family tailgate and provided a whole box of burgers and brats and uh, tell your team to be ready to do jello shots before the game. <laughs> I will allegedly, <laughs> allegedly tell them that. And I'm, I'm really damn hungry now that we're talking about this. So, no, it's going to be awesome, guys. I can't wait. I'm really excited about some of the future collabs we're going to do with websites, too. And so I'll let them know, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun whenever OU and Cincinnati play out there. Yep. How are the fans? Good. How are the fans responding to that? Are they excited to come to Nippert? Do they, do they understand Nippert? Yeah, I mean, they're really excited to get out there. I think just a new stadium to check out. Oklahoma fans, while obviously on social media, maybe seem hostile. They're very hospitable in person, and honestly, they just really like interacting with various fan bases. And I mean, that's going to be the first new Big 12 road game for them, too. So little juice out of the gate after they play at Tulsa. And so I think a lot of Oklahoma fans are really pumped about that game, and they get – after that, a little later on in the season, they get on the road at BYU as one of the other newcomers. Well, those, those two trips are about as different as they could possibly be. Right. I was going to say, they get both ends of the spectrum. And there's no hostility in a fan base like a Central Florida Golden Knight hostility. So 
nothing Oklahoma can say on Twitter or whatever. Well, you guys won't even, you don't even understand. We've been dealing with it forever. You only get one year of it and you won't even see that much of it. But uh, yeah, there's, there's, your fans can literally say anything. And I could show you like 20 tweets where I'm like, oh yeah, you think that's ridiculous? Look at this. The, The folks in Orlando have a lot of time. They all work the midnight shift at the Howard Johnson. So they're on Twitter a lot. Hey, look, circle your Twitter calendars, October 21st, UCF, Oklahoma, and Norman. Just get oh, ready. and Turn your notifications on. That's oh, well, what you'll, have a, you'll have a lot of uh, people in, in southwest Ohio chanting Boomer Sooner, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, uh, thank you, Colin. We really appreciate it. Let everybody know in case somebody jumped on late where they can find you, Oklahoma site, what you guys got going on. Yeah, guys, check us out at SoonersIllustrated.com. Just started this thing up about two months ago. Been rolling so far, and it's been a lot of fun to keep up with. It's really busy from an Oklahoma recruiting and on-field perspective, so really good place to keep up with everything about Cincy's future opponent. And we're just going to have a lot of fun with it. We're doing a lot of different things on YouTube soon, podcasts, and then, of course, the website. So head to Sooners Illustrated. I'm on Twitter at ckennedy247, and then check the rest of our staff out on social media as well. A lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys having me. This was a blast. Hopefully we'll be able to do something similar during the season, right? For sure, man. If you ever, I know you're, you're getting it going. So if you, I've been unfortunately doing this a really long time. Uh, (laughs) I started with rivals in 06. So it's been a minute. Uh, If you ever need any advice or questions or anything, man, feel free to reach out. I'll be glad to help. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Anything you need, give me a shout, but this is a lot of fun. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate you, man. There you go. Colin Kennedy, SoonerIllustrated.com, the uh, new Oklahoma site in the 247 Sports Network. He is uh, he's getting it going. They, uh, they're they doing good work down there. So always always fun to get the new sites. You get a little more energy, a little more excitement. They're, uh, they're fired up to get things going. So man, sometimes the old timers like me, we're just, just going through the motions, Dave. You're like, man, I don't feel like talking to you. what was that the i believe that was the team ticker big 12 that was the team ticker big 12 preview we uh we got a little ahead of ourselves there because he jumped in right as we were uh right as we were getting started but that segment brought to you by team ticker as you can see right back here one of a kind sports sign for bearcats it's a high-tech retro display that provides daily updates of the latest news, stats, schedules, betting odds, and much more. No subscription required. The, the team ticker guys reached out today to day. They made a great point. We have been talking about this thing as like a, a man cave thing. You know what else it would be great for? What's that? Your college dorm. Oh, yeah. Tell mom and dad, teamticker.com, as you get ready to head to Clifton, as you get ready to move into your dorm, move into your apartment, what better to put on your wall than Team Ticker? Have all the news, all the information. Countdown to game day so you don't get lost in the days and forget what day it is. You can always see, oh, the game's tomorrow. Or when the game kicks off, they play the fight song. So if you really had a rough Friday night, oh, oh, it's game time. Uh, so go to TeamTicker.com. Great for a dorm room, great for your house, your apartment, wherever you're living in and around campus. I know uh, they, they had a huge bump in sales for Father's Day. And everybody that has hit me up on Twitter 
has uh, has loved it. So get yours today. Team we need, to, we need to get a team ticker in the end of the Holy Grail. I mean, we could probably use yours since well, you refused no, to put it up. It's mine. You're not using it. <laughs> you want to come over and do some electrical work? I'll be I'll be happy to put it up. Natalie wants to put one in a baby's nursery. That's a good spot. Get the like kid that. indoctrinated I like that. early. Let them know where they stand. Uh, you know, the game rolls around. Your baby's trying to take a nap, and and the fight song hits. Uh, yeah. I remember. I think it was my it was my freshman year at UT. I woke up to us firing the cannon after scoring against Kentucky. And the game started at noon, and I think the cannon fired at like twelve oh two. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I was like, "Oh, I guess the game has started." <laughs> that's that's how you spend six years at Tennessee. Uh, yeah, more or less. <laughs> Five and a half. I'm sorry. Oh no! Was, correct me. It's, no, I think it's six. It was, six and a half. I, you know, I lose. I lose count. Who keeps track of time and time? I mean, like this? it's all relative. It's all relative. And then you graduate, you got your master's from Xavier in like a semester. No, I was, yeah. It's, it's much easier school than Tennessee, so. That was my point. That's yeah. what I was getting at. Yeah. Uh, all right. You want to, you want to, what do you want to get into? Do you want to get into our official Big 12 predictions? Yeah, let's, let's do official Big 12 predictions. Obviously, we're going to talk about the move Saturday. Um, we're going to talk about stuff. Friday night, uh, Friday, Friday night, Ryan Geist, whatever, big celebration. But yeah, let's let's keep the Big Twelve momentum going. And uh, I don't have teams written. To, we're in a real conference now, so I feel like we have to be professional and not rip and not write team names down on paper and throw them into a hat. Well, that was for a reason. The reason was we knew who the three best teams were. We knew who the two worst teams were. And we didn't think there was much difference between everybody else, so we drew them out of a hat. Like there was a, that wasn't just us being jackasses. Like there was a purpose for that, right? Kind this of. time we'll we'll try to be serious. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said kind of. We were trying. We were kind of trying to be jackasses, but that was their fault for asking us. Um. <laughs> I think they. I think they caught on. Yeah, they didn't invite us back the next year. You want to yeah. start from the bottom, or you want to start from the top? Or uh, do you want to do the uh, superlatives first? Let's let's just uh, let's start from the top. All right. Who do you think David Simone is going to win the Big Twelve? Hook them. Texas officially back. I mean, Dave Simone says we talked about him last week. Colin just talked about question marks offensively especially with Oklahoma they still have a ton of talent if you're looking at the other contenders I guess TCU new quarterback Kansas State new quarterback new running back new running back new wide receiver I mean like Texas TCU is replacing a lot of key pieces from and they won won games by like a point all year yes they did so I said it last week. I'll say it again. If it's not this year, then then I don't know what to tell you. Like they have the most talent, they have momentum from last season. They, I mean, it's. I just don't know who else am I picking. You could pick Oklahoma. I mean, I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> who do you have at number two? 
Um, I don't want to do the chalky thing and just say Oklahoma and think that that's the way it's going to be. It's not the way that it's been the last several years. This I don't even know. Back for Baylor after. I don't even know the last year. time. I don't even know the last time that the the preseason one and two made it to the Big Twelve championship. It's been. I mean, last well, year it was TCU and Kansas State. The year before that, it was Baylor and Oklahoma State. Like, and then before that, it was just Oklahoma every year. Oklahoma yeah. and somebody. Um, I'm looking. I'm trying to look at schedules real quick. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This is probably gonna backfire, but I don't care. I'm gonna say Texas Tech. Wow, Red Raiders number two. A lot of recruiting momentum. They, the, 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 the high school coach seems to be acclimating well. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and everybody, you know, it's a, can you imagine having to go to Lubbock? Like they, they, have, even, a, they have a tough. They don't, even, they don't even let you drive around with uh, recyclable cans on the airplane. No. When you go to Lubbock. I mean, they, they don't have to play Oklahoma. They don't, I mean, they have, they're at Texas the last game of the year. Um, they play West Virginia, Houston, BYU, UCF, Kansas. Like, I don't know. I I think, you know, if if, it, if this the same thing is going to keep happening, where somebody comes kind of out of that top group, I think they they have the, the chance to be that team. All right, number three. I'll go Oklahoma three. I think they have too much talent. I think second year Brent Venables. Whether it's Dylan Gabriel, whether it's Jackson Arnold, I think they've got a pretty pretty good QB situation, and I, I just it's very hard for me to see them kind of falling on their face two years in a row. Number four. Uh, number four, I will go TCU. You think they, you think they take a drop? TCU. If I, I don't know who Kansas State's quarterback is, or TCU's for that matter. So let's go Kansas. Let's go Kansas State. Four. Kansas State, I think, is using the, the guy that finished the season for them, right? Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, probably. So they lost. They did lose Kurt Warner's son. They yeah. lost Deuce Vaughn. Um, but I think I think they'll still. They're just a tough ass team to beat week in week out. Like I don't. Um. They should, I think they'll still be a top top five or so team. And if that's the case, then then who knows? So K-State four, TCU five. This is where it, this middle group is where it gets a little uh pull a name out of a hat-ish, I guess, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the uh it's gonna pain me to say I'm gonna go no, Central not. Florida Golden Knights. In sixth? Yep. Ugh. Gross. I know. Hey, Gross. I'm trying to be f- fair, objective. Trying to put the, the whammy on them so that they finish 12th. That, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, seven. Uh, seven, I'm going to say the Baylor Bears. All right. Eight. Eight, I'm going to say, who do I have left? I have Kansas, Oklahoma State. You see BYU, Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, West Virginia. Iowa, yeah. I'm gonna go the Cincinnati Bearcats eight. Okay. And Oklahoma State, you haven't said it yet either. Nine. Oklahoma State is nine. Yes. 
10, 10. Kansas. Okay. 11. Uh, 11 BYU. No, 11 Houston. 12 BYU. Oh, no, wait. Sorry. I was wondering. You're down on Iowa State. Well, they, I mean, they weren't good. I'll go okay. 13 Iowa State, 14 West Virginia. I kind of forgot Iowa State. Uh, flip, flip Iowa State and BYU. Okay. Iowa State 12, BYU 13. Okay. Got it. There we go. That is your... So, Texas. Texas Tech. Oklahoma. Kansas State. TCU. UCF. Baylor. Cincinnati. Oklahoma State. Kansas. Houston. Iowa State. BYU. West Virginia. Who wins the Big 12 championship game, Dave? Are you going all the way? You're going to hook them? They're they're fucking back. Right off in the sunset to the SEC to uh, to uh, never be heard from again. (laughs) A whole lot of eight and fours. Uh, All right. Big 12 player of the year. Oh my gosh. I mean, you're asking me. I don't even have my Athlon yet. They haven't mailed it to me. I mean, do I just say Quinn yours? Yeah. I like, if Texas wins the conference, he probably has to be Big 12 Player of the Year, right? You would think. Yeah. All right. Offensive Player of the Year. Well, that's him. usually like a running back, isn't it? That I don't know. Is it? Uh, offensive Player of the Year. Going with the double dip? Yes. Okay. Uh, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Dante Corleone. Come on. Big 12 Coach of the Year. Uh, The guy from Texas Tech. Joey McGuire. Is that his name? I think so, yeah. Let me make sure I spell that right. <laughs> okay. Joey McGuire. Big 12 game of the year. Uh, Cincinnati, West Virginia. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, I'll go Texas, Texas Tech last week of the season. I mean, if I'm saying that those are going to be the the two that they're going to meet in the in the championship, then I, you know, I feel like that's as a good as a, a guess. As you're anything. going back to back weeks, Texas, Texas Tech. Yeah, the re, the old Memphis rematch game. What what do we think will be the storyline of the Big Twelve season? I'm just going to write Texas is back. If that's our <laughs> Exactly. They're, they're, you know, in the college, Texas is in the college football playoff. So that means you think Texas Tech is going to be undefeated. No, I was just, I was saying that sarcastic. No, but I'm saying if they're still going to make the Big 12 title game, that means they would be undefeated in the Big 12. Not necessarily. They could have a loss. 
Maybe. They could have a loss and they could go eight and one and make the Big 12 title game. Well, yeah, but they would be undefeated until the final week of the season. No, they, they would lose to Texas. Texas Tech, you mean Texas Tech? Yeah. No, I mean they could have a tiebreaker over a team and and a bunch of teams they could be six and seven and two and have a tiebreaker over the another seven and two team. The people are not happy with your Big Twelve selections. Do you think I care? <laughs> like we literally we literally talked about this two minutes before the show. I've put a ton of research in into these. Picks. I mean, we talked about it a week or two ago. Yeah, well, I've week. been busy. That we had uh, this was coming. I've been busy, but also, <laughs> do you think I care? <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Um, all right, the uh, we are at three days and counting, Dave Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Cincinnati is finally going to be in the Big 12. Hooray! Hooray! Hooray, beer. I had some. I had some of those a couple weeks ago. Just a couple. It's uh, it's kind of weird at this point in time, isn't it? That it's after all this time and talk and anticipation, it's just here. Like it's just it's 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 gonna happen. Yeah, like Saturday at twelve oh one a.m. Like we're not, we're in a new league. And yeah, it's it's surreal a little bit. I mean, we've only been talking about this. I mean, no one knows conference realignment like we do. And I say right. that the the collective we. Um, we've been talking about, you know, this for what ever seven years. When when was when was you know the ink is dry? Twenty sixteen. So yeah, but I mean it was before that, even like the oh, we ACC were, stuff was 20, what, 14, 13? Yeah, I don't know how much I mean, we were talking about. It. I don't know how much we were realistically in in the conversation. Yeah, um yes. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's I mean, I, it's hard to put it into words because we've talked about it so much. I'm not sure what new ground there is to cover um i'm really just you know there's there's a long list of people that you know deserve a ton of credit for steering this to now where it is i mean and i'll go i'll go i'm going way for i'll go all the way back to bob going um I mean, and to to have the vision of of the Linder Center and and what that entailed at the time, and and understanding that football at a basketball school that football was the way that you're going to at, at some point get to where we all want to be. You know, you have him; he deserves a ton of credit. Mark D- Rick Minter, Mark D'Antonio, obviously all the coaches, Rick Minter, Mark D'Antonio, Brian Kelly, Butch Jones, Luke Fickle. Um, yeah, he didn't really do a whole lot. So I'm, I'm, I'm not really, you know, 
So I'm not really going to make Texas Tech fans hate Cincinnati. Yeah, for like a minute. And then they were like, like, actually, thank you. Appreciate it. Exactly. Y'all are are great. (laughs) Um, You know, but speaking specifically to like what we do, you know, that I, I feel like this is like, I'm very, I'm looking forward to going to Rheingeist Friday and just, just t- kind of like, you know, taking it in, talking to fans. Cause like, you gotta be pretty freaking diehard to like pretend to be excited about a noon kickoff at Tulane or uh, a noon Sunday basketball game at South Florida and, and really just be like, we always joke about like, I have the fans should come out to see the Bearcats and it shouldn't matter who they're playing. Well, we got a lot of damn people on Bearcat journal on this, that listen to this, that watch this, that interact on Twitter that like, yeah, they do. And so like, part of me is like this is for all of those people too that like you finally get to be excited about every fucking football game and not just one or if they, ha- if they happen to be you know a good non-conference game like you get to like enjoy all of college football saturday and watch your league play other teams that you don't care about but you're like oh so this is what like two universities and two athletic programs that are actually trying to be successful at college football look like. Um, so, you know, everybody should enjoy this and, you know, I'm grateful for it, that it, that it's happening. <clears throat> um, when I, you know, still follow the games as, as closely as I do. And, you know, there will be certainly be people in my life that I'll be thinking about wishing they could see it because of how much time they put into the program. But, Oh, you know, Oh, no, I just think it's, it's very, it's just fun, man. Like sports is supposed to be fun playing games against Oklahoma and West Virginia again. And, you know, the big 12 Oklahoma state and Baylor and who, you know, whoever it's going to be down the road, like, it's just going to be a lot of fun to be in a position where you're, you're not dreading like, God, just please don't screw up this, this week. Cause then it just ruins the rest of our seat. You know, it's just going to be a different, a different way of, of, you know, enjoying the, especially, you know, we're talking about football mainly, but like enjoying UC athletics and, and what it means to be in a conference with, with like-minded, you know, programs. And that, I mean, you said football, but that doesn't even begin to touch on basketball. Like no. basketball, it's, it's even so much more in terms of being out of that dump of a league where nobody cared or very few cared and going into a league where, Oh, it's safe to say everybody cares. <laughs> it is safe to yeah. say. Everybody cares. For sure. I mean, you know, we've, you've, you've got a, and I think, but that's like, to me, I enjoy that. Like, is it going to sure. be harder? Yeah, absolutely. Harder. Are we going to lose probably more than we're used to losing? 
Yeah, probably. But like, at least early. I'm not saying that it's like going to be accepted, but like, you, you don't. It doesn't. I guess it doesn't bother you as much, maybe, because you're just you're understanding that that we these all these teams, all these programs share the same vision, and so if if you lose a couple football games or if you have a rough week or two in basketball, it's not the same as that one loss when you go to East Carolina and lose in basketball and you're just like, what, what are we, what are we, what is going on? What are we doing? Like, it's, it's just a different mentality, I think. Yeah. I mean, what, if, if you go to, I mean, who's even the bad team in UCF, BYU? Like, they're still like not awful. That's the thing. Right. That's what I mean. Like there's nobody really that you're going to go to. And if you drop a road game, you're going to be like, Oh, well, that, that drops you probably out of the tournament or that that puts a stain of a Q3 road loss on your tournament resume. No, I mean, it's, I mean, what the, the lowest team in the conference last year was top 60. So that's insane to think about that when the lowest team in the conference was whatever, you know, top 60, top 75. And on most given years, there was three, maybe. I don't even, I wasn't going to say two. I said maybe. There (laughs) might have been one that snuck in at like 72. Yeah. A road game at Memphis got you like a a top 75 win. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's going to be different. It's definitely going to be different, but that's what you want, man. You want to challenge yourself. You want to find out like where you stack up. You don't want to continuously have to fight this perception that you actually stink, but you're just the skinniest kid at fat camp. Because that's the perception you had to fight in the American. Like, yeah, okay, you put up a great record, but you weren't any good. You wouldn't you wouldn't finish 500 or you'd, yeah. you know, that's the argument. You'd finish seven and five in a real league. Your record like, is only what it is because you are just, you're playing Navy and then Tulsa and then East Carolina, you know. Right. And we rationalized it. Like, oh, this East Carolina team isn't bad. Or, oh, this Tulsa team's offensive line is pretty good. Or whatever thing you wanted to say. Uh, But the reality was, eh, we knew deep down inside (laughs) that those teams weren't really all that good. Oh. Oh, oh, well, well, they played such and such close in the third quarter. So they must be pretty good, even though they lost by 21. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they played a September game that was close for, for 35 minutes. Those days are gone, Dave. Yep. They're long gone. I'm, I'm we'll fine with it. I'm yeah. fine with it. You and me both. You and me both. And it should be good for business because the more it matters, the more people want information and news. And the more we go into this season, people are going to realize we're the best you got. There ain't nothing else out there that's going to get you what we get you. Well, speaking of business, I would like to extend a thank you okay. to all of our to all of our members. You you know the the site numbers and and that we're we're constantly growing. We're we're trying to find new and innovative ways to engage with the fan base and and take critiques criticism you know 
pointers, what, risks here and there, whatever it might be. I mean, we're trying, we want to engage. Like that's the thing. That's why we do these videos where people can, can watch or ask questions. It's why we try to have, I mean, we are, we are blessed to be able to have guys like Nico on to be able to have Wes just jump on yesterday on morning, Tuesday morning to right. talk UC basketball for a half hour. Like, we want to be able to give these these platforms and this, get this information and get the get the fans to know the coaches and it's just it's a, I feel like it's a it's a great way to connect with our fan base and and I just want to you know I most people know there's all it happens once a week at least where someone will tweet at me thinking it's you on the on the Bearcat Journal account and you and I will have a good chuckle but. You know, just a big thank you to everybody that comes on the site, that comes on the Bearcat Journal Twitter account. I mean, we are three months in a row. We're going to push over a million impressions on the Twitter account. We're going to do, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of page views and followers are getting up there almost to 20,000. I don't know how many of them are actually real. I don't really take the time to, to check. We've never paid for any, so if there are any that aren't real, we have not no bearing over that. That's right. We are we are four shy, four of two thousand on this YouTube page. So if you have not yet hit the subscribe button, please do so. If you but, subscribe from now until Friday, and you can prove that you are the two thousandth YouTube subscriber, I will personally buy you. A Cincy light at Ryan guys <laughs> four more. Come on. But you know, I, I love, you know, if I didn't like working with you and Aaron and Brent and like, inner, like I, I have another, I have a quote unquote real job. I have a kid. I, you know, I don't have to do the Twitter thing. Like we could very easily be like here, someone else do this. I enjoy it. I like, sending out funny tweets and, and messing with fans and, ha and having a good time and, and doing these shows. So, but that's because I think we have a great, great fan base and a great membership. I mean, there's always going to be knuckleheads that chime in here and there, but 99% of the people are awesome to deal with. And so whether it's that or the move to the big 12, like, you know, just enjoy the heck out of it. Like you have, whether you post a ton or don't post at all, like this is still a big deal to you. Like you are a very, very crucial member of the UC fan base and you should enjoy the hell out of Friday night. If you can make it or any, any time on Friday and then on, on Saturday when it becomes official. Yeah. It's, it's heady times, man. It's, it's uh, it's you know you're you just got done wandering the wilderness, and the oasis is Rheingeist at fr on Friday. <laughs> like it's you know there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. You know I I know part of being successful, everybody's going to question how you do things and why you do things and and. Why, do you, why why is content like this or why what why don't you do more of what i want or why why is there less of that like 
you know, it's, it's an ever evolving, like the content game is an ever evolving business. And if you're stagnant, your numbers are going to be stagnant. And you know, what people don't realize, I think like these podcasts are like the storefront, like it's, it's the window dressing. It's what people on the outside that don't pay for Bearcat Journal see. And I, I can't tell you how many people are like, well, I started watching the podcast and then that brought me to the website and now I'm addicted to the website, you know, or that theme or I, a ton of people watch. I I'm shocked at how many people like talk to me about the nightcap. Like, Hey man, like I watch the nightcap every morning. Like we've joked about it. I had somebody that works at UC that's like my wife every morning wakes up and the first thing she does in the morning while she's getting ready for work is watch the nightcap. So this poor man every morning at like 6.30 wakes up to my voice in the bathroom with his wife. That's rough. That's that's a tough go of things. That's a rough way to live. <laughs> I keep trying to talk more. <laughs> Good luck with that, Aaron. Good luck with that. Um. So yeah, like we do this stuff because like we have a passion for it because it's fun to do. The website will always be the backbone, the core of this business, but this other stuff is fun too. And we, and we make a decent chunk of change off of all this stuff to go along with what we do on the website. So let's, let's be real. I mean, look, we, you see numbers, you see traffic. I do. We're not going to do things because you and I want to do them or you and Aaron want to do them. Right. If just because we want to do them, if no one is watching or no one is reading or no one is listening, like, you know, we've moved, you know, some might say we've moved too far to like the media part of it with video and podcasts and whatnot. And we need to go have more of the written content. Just being real. The written stuff, it doesn't get read, like podcast does. But some, but some some, yeah. some pieces do, and some pieces don't. Well, and also the written stuff takes a lot longer. Like if you think an article takes ninety minutes, you have never written a, a real actual article. Like those things, well, they take yeah, research, if you want it to be time. like accurate if you're right. putting facts in it or you're putting statistics Ask in it. Especially an interview. Ooh. Ooh. Getting quotes yeah. on a 45-minute interview, those are fun. That's why you don't do 45-minute interviews, Aaron. I mean, if the kid wants to talk for 45 minutes, you go I, off the record. <laughs> I mean, that's like what... There's some good the, shit in there. That's like the agreement that you and I have. Like, I don't want like i just want to talk sports yeah you can't in my opinion like i can't convey my thoughts and my feelings in an article it doesn't do it any it doesn't do justice i and you know our dynamic why, our dynamic works doing this well and that's why we hired keegan right because because the, i know there's value in in the written word i know there's value in that side of the business it's never a side of the business that we're going to move away from. But also, guess what? It's really hard to find good writers because nobody's writing anymore. 
because there's no money in writing. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? You have like a huge budget to go out and find capital capital J journalists, right? <laughs> yeah. You know how long I tried to get Justin to come work for us? <laughs> <laughs> he would just, I'm sure he would just laugh and be like, you need a couple more zeros on there, Brendel. Oh yeah, which I mean, we we spent, you know, we spent years trying to figure out how do we get to the number of zeros we need to bring this guy on to staff? A whole lot more and, members. <laughs> if we doubled the members, we might have been able to make it happen. All of a sudden become Ohio State site. Yeah, with 10,000 members instead of 2250. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, thanks to everybody like we we you don't know how many people in the network have come to me and been like, how the hell did you do this at a non-Power 5 program? How? Like, how did you build up? Because for the longest time, there was never a, a group of five site over a thousand members. And we were at 1750, 1900, 2000. Like, consistently, everybody's been like, how have you guys done this? One, because we didn't just, we don't just run a web, we, it's a community. This is what the idiots that that want to go on the message board and talk shit and eventually after you know taking too much of their crap and them actively pissing off the community they get banned and then they go on twitter and they get their tough guy twitter fingers and they talk shit about me you did that we have built a community if the community doesn't accept you and wants your bullshit gone as the guy that's running the community, that speaks louder than your annoying voice. And you have to go. And then, you know, they, they try to wear it as a badge of honor. They talk shit about me. They talk shit about the website. But guess what? There's nobody doing it better. There's nobody doing it better. So that's on you, whether you're on the inside or the outside. And I, I hate banning people. You know that. I, I ban like one person a year. And yeah, I know because I text you or call you all the time and be like, just get rid of this uh, this person. And you say no. <laughs> and I, and right. I, say you're, I say you're nicer than me. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it's not a great way to like, it's not a great precedent to set. I actually, I was on a message board uh, long before this and the message board went overboard on like spelling and grammar and like you broke the rules and you're out. And all of a sudden, they have right. built an awesome community with like, you know, 50 to 100 like diehard core members. And like 70% of them got punted because like they, well, they spelled it's, something it's, wrong. It's not about whether you agree or disagree with your opinion, my opinion. It's, right. It's, it's the way you present yourself and the way You're you intera interact with people. Like I'm, I'm more than fine having a conversation with anybody if if they disagree with yeah uh, a take that i have but like but that's you're not getting banned because you disagree with us no you're getting banned because you, you're purposely trying to be an ass and you know that works on twitter but bearcat journal's not twitter and guess what it's not a it's not a democracy it's a dictatorship and i'm the dictator so <laughs> right Dave, Dave tries to like be the the Senate and the the Congress, they just don't really listen. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> uh, Friday, 
Uh, Ryan Geist, um, I'm going to be there probably early-ish. It starts at noon. The The first keg of Cincy Light will be tapped at noon. Uh, obviously, I've got a kid that is counting on me to take her downtown and deal with chaos. Uh, so, you know, I guess I'm going to do that. <laughs> Unbe- begrudgingly going to do that. I will... Uh... I'm, as of right now, I'm planning on trying to be there around seven. You'll, you'll miss me for sure. So if I, well, yeah, I know. So if you are also planning on being there around that time, um, please come by, say hello. I'll be trying to get some pics, put them up on Twitter. Hopefully uh, can get a bunch of good good fan pictures and have some, some good conversations and, and I'll, ch- I'll try to get the BCJ credit card from Chad and, and buy, and buy around for, uh, for some people. Unfortunately, I'm guessing I'm going to have to have it with me. We got that. We got that company credit card. Yeah. But you know, just I, open up a tab and leave it open until I get there, but just don't oh, tell okay. anybody that it's yeah. still open. Okay. Oh yeah, that's that's a great. We just told everybody to go to the bar and put it on the Bearcat Journal tab. With some of these conversations, we're supposed to have off the air. <laughs> Tell me, there needs to be a password. Um, it, Natalie wants to know if Callie is joining the party at Small Park. Um, I would like to. Sounds like a terrible decision. I mean, there's going to be fifty thousand women, and I'm going to have a puppy. Yeah, but what if she doesn't like all the people there and then you got to leave because your dog's going crazy? No, she's pretty chill. She's great around people. So that part I'm not worried about. Like, she soaks up attention, especially from from women. Like, Kelsey makes me take her to uh, the Crestview Hills Town Center when we go when she goes shopping. I stand outside with the dog. The kid goes into the makeup store or the nail salon. And I have to hang outside with the puppy and wait for her. And people will just walk up and be like, oh, can I pet the puppy? And Callie just lays down and rolls over on her belly. Like, yeah, as long as you're on my belly, we're good. And I tell her every time, honey, it can't be that easy. You got you, you have to you have to protect the merchandise <laughs> a little bit more. You can't just go rolling over on your back anytime somebody says hi. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know. The only problem I have, Natalie, I'm worried about is uh like water and i don't want to walk around with just a backpack full of like bottles of water i don't think that's a great idea so i don't know i'm i'm workshopping it natalie i'm not sure yet i would like to take the puppy with me because i think it would entertain me while kelsey was watching a three-hour show uh that she already knows every song except the last two how is she gonna watch it just from outside. So they just want to stand outside and watch the show. Listen to it. Listen to it. There's like, Dave, there's like 15 to 20,000 people in every city that do this. They just stand outside and listen to the show. Well, it's, it's a cult. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But can you even tell what the song, like what the different song with everybody like screaming and being outside the stadium? Can you even make out what the songs are? I would guess not. I don't know. I've heard it's pretty loud. 
I, I've heard. Oh. I asked some people this week when we were down there, like, are you actually going to be able to hear outside the stadium? And they're like, oh, yeah, her sound system is massive. So I guess everybody's just hanging out at small park. And then they, I've heard they're, they're going to shut down barge traffic on the Ohio River because there's going to be so many boats in the water for the show. Oh, what a life. I, I don't want to be a, I, I just, I, I like being at home. I don't like being I mean, at home. We, we feel very similar when we, you know, when we go to a game and there, the throngs of fans are coming up to us and, yeah. And talking. You know, no, I don't about... mind that. I like the attention. But like <laughs> um there, the only time the only way I'm gonna get attention there, nobody there is gonna know who I am. Uh, so I'd have to have the puppy. That's the only way I'm gonna get attention. <laughs> Man. Well, you you have I'm gonna I'm gonna drink some did beers. I, did I tell you the did I tell you the story of the, the volleyball trip when one of the moms is like, Are you the bearcat guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, the real question is, like, am I going to make it to midnight when they're actually in the Big 12? No, not if you start drinking at 7. I mean, I go to bed pretty early anyway. So. I know, that's my point. And I got I got birthday festivities the next day. Like, a... You're going to be there from, like, 7 to 9. Probably. And then you're going to be out. Probably. That's, that's probably a good estimation of time. And then you're going to schedule tweet. And tweet at midnight that the Bearcats are in the Big 12. I don't even know how to do that. Oh, you just you go on your laptop and there's a little clock when you're oh. getting ready to tweet and you hit the clock and you can schedule it. I just tweet everything from my phone, so I guess I might have to figure that out. Yeah, I don't think you can do like schedule tweets from your phone. Not with the Twitter app, I don't think. Or I just stay up and we have some fun at 12 o'clock. I'm probably still going to be freaking stuck in Cincinnati. The show doesn't end until like 11. And if I get home in an hour, that's a miracle. When does it start? Eight. Well, the opening acts are at 630. And then she goes on at eight. And it's like a three-hour show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've actually heard in terms of like stadium shows, it's a pretty awesome like like visual oh, I'm like sure. presentation. Sure, it's wonderful. I mean, that's from people that are like us that are neutral that like have had to take their kids or whatever, and they're like, I mean, I don't, I don't dig the music, but the performance was. Oh, I know. just like giving a hard time. I think I think it would be a blast. I hope everybody that goes has literally the best time of their life. I do wish that I had gone to the two friends show last night. Uh, that would have made for a rough day today because I had an insane amount of work to do. So a big booty of, mix, big big booty mix. I guess twenty three. Uh, that's the one that's currently on yeah, SoundCloud. That's, that's Royer. Royer went to Chicago. To yeah, see it, I think they were in Natalie. There. I won't be in traffic at midnight. Like I, we will strategically. I'll be okay. Trust me. Just I'll be yeah. okay. But but no Friday. Is anything like actually happening Saturday other than like they're going to send some tweets out? Uh, I don't think so. I think they just forfeited to the chaos because I know they looked like they wanted to do stuff on the first and this whole town is just going to be a zoo. <laughs> well, it doesn't seem like like Houston's having a toast at midnight. 
Yeah. But, like, I, I mean, I don't know what anybody else is. Because, what, there's a Reds home game as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's a Reds home game, I think, at one something. Man. So the, Red, the, Reds home game. FC Cincinnati. Taylor Swift, FC Cincinnati. There's a concert at the Brady that's like going to be like another 20. Bearcats go into the Big 12 and Will Simone turns four. I wonder what, like, being second, third, fourth, and fifth, the biggest things that are happening on Saturday. All, be, mean, all behind Will turns four. Yeah. There's going to be tens of people at your house. Mm, I don't even, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't even say ten. There's, there's, there'll be like nine people at your teens, house. <laughs> teens of people. <laughs> Tens is like more than twenty. Yeah. Um. Wes interview yesterday. Any thoughts? Always appreciative. Um. He likes to give you a hard time. He does. He enjoys it. That's fine. Uh, oh yeah. That's fine. Uh, no, I. Th- I mean, I think there's reason to be optimistic now. Jeff Goodman sent out a tweet today that makes <laughs> makes me not so optimistic. You got to get one. Got to get one. Might not need to get two, but you got to get one. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff. For those that don't know, Jeff Goodman sent out a tweet that paraphrasing basically said like the overwhelming amount of waivers that the NCAA has ruled on on these second transfer guys have been denied. He did say that the vast majority, if not all of those, were football-related. But if that's the case, I don't think it would be realistic to think that they were going to deny a bunch of football players and then accept a bunch of basketball players. Right. Like, that's likely to be the case all the way through. Um, It's a thing that we haven't really talked about. Like, what if both of the waivers get denied? Then you're really thin in the front court, and you're going to have to play small. Yeah. Then, you know, Vic is going to be your five. You're going to really have to hope Sage has made strides that he can be the backup or, or Odie can be the backup. And then you're going to have to probably rely on CMOS. I guess it's Wes kept saying CMOS. Yeah. So I'm, I, th- I guess we're going to go with CMOS. I thought it was CMOS. And Dan at the four. No, Dan's not playing the four. No, no? not if no. both of those guys had their waivers denied. Mm-mm. Josh Reed. CMOS, uh, John Newman would play the four before Dan. Dan's a guard. Like, I, I just, I don't, I think that is putting him in a bad. I'm bad just, I was spot. just thinking of like physically, if this happened, would that put it in? Would that put it in? I play? don't, I still don't think. I mean, maybe like as you go through the season, there's a lineup or two that you see yeah. where he slides down. But I mean, he was a two all year last year. I, yeah. I have a, like now he's filling out and he is. You know, six six and long. So I mean, maybe you can get away with it, but I think it's far more likely you'd see Cmos, you'd see Josh Reed, you'd see Odie, uh, John Newman. I think could slide down for you. I think those would all be a lot more likely than Dan. Here, here's a question. But if those would they, open up minutes for Dan at the three. Yeah, potentially. If only one waiver can be granted, which one do you think would be more beneficial? Um, I guess probably Aziz. 
but I'm really excited for Jamil. Like, I just think he gives them something that, that makes running offense so much easier when you can just throw the ball to a guy in position to get a bucket. I, I, that just, Mm -hmm. how many times have we seen over the past four, like since Trey left three, four years where there just was nobody to be like, all right, they're on a six Oh run. We need to be able to come down, run two actions, get a pin down, throw the ball into the post and the guy scores. And it like, you know, it, it calms things down. Maybe it's not like what you do with 15 seconds left in a tie game, but it is what you can do three, four, five times throughout a game to just impose your will on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know that Aziz is that more than he is throw lobs, get offensive rebounds and putbacks um, right. and, and block shots. Aziz is probably the more likely, I would guess, like in terms of his, you know, he's he's coming back his, to a, close to a place his, where. His claim. Yeah, like I, his claim is probably more likely than, than Jamil. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, it's tough because you would very much like to have them both because they're both very, very good and two of the top talents on the team. So not having either would really suck. Only having one is, is manageable, but would still be, you know, less than ideal, I guess. How many do you, I mean, do you have any sense of like, are there, I mean, because the transfer portal is now so prevalent, are there a lot of teams in this situation? Or there not a ton? Only not a, a couple, ton. or I think that there was a number that came out a couple months, like a month, month and a half ago. The number of of guys that need that, you know, they were to, to play on their third team that hadn't graduated was not a massive number. Um. So you. So, it's- so there's probably not a lot of teams that are trying to get two through. There's a couple, but not a ton, no. And ideally, Cincinnati was only trying to get one. Right. And then Aziz popped on the market late, and it was like, well, we can get him. Like, yeah, okay, go get him. <laughs> well, hopefully Maggie can work some magic. Yeah, Maggie, Trevor, Bob. As much as you know, Bob will be involved on a on a mental health uh, waiver. I don't know, but yeah, it would it would it would it would be a blow to this roster if they didn't have both. That's for sure. Um, what do you think about all the uh, the NCAA other a lot of the other NCAA stuff that's that's kind of popping off? I don't know what it is. <laughs> Aaron, you want to update him? Aaron's playing <laughs> football. I have not paid just much with, attention to it. Just with the uh, like the transfer window being cut down from two months to one month, or the uh, national letter of intent uh, being something that transfers can now sign um, in that regard, or when you have a smoking gun like LSU and they decide not to do anything because the self-imposed sanctions during a three and five season seem to be enough. Um, 
There was there was a lot we we talked about last night. I mean, let's see. Let's start at the top. Uh, good. Close the transfer window. Uh, the next one. You should never sign a national letter of intent. That was Chad's point. Uh, you don't have to. It only hurts you as the player, binding you to the school. You can just show up and sign and sign grant or grant and aid or whatever they call it papers. Um, and cheat your dick off, and then don't talk to the NCAA. That's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, we, that was at like the the NCAA. That's, that's been the, my. I mean, I'm an SEC. <laughs> I'm an SEC guy. I've I've said this for ten years. Uh, but in the in the in the LSU stuff, like Will Wade is on tape saying strong ass offer. The FBI would not release the tapes to the NCAA, so the NCAA had to act like it didn't happen. Even though they ran the tapes on HBO. Yeah. Plus. Which I also want to address. They have, no, they have no subpoena power over anybody. Right, that's my point. They can't. They can't do anything. Like They're they feckless. can't. They can't come to Player X and be like, "You have to. You you have to tell us the truth <laughs> under oath. What happened?" I'm like, "No, I don't have to do anything." I also um, want to address. I also wanted to do to address what Rad Robbie won on YouTube comments last night, so, or, or today, I guess. Uh, said I need to get educated on the things I was yelling inaccurate or incorrectly about. I was yelling about the articles themselves. I don't, I'm not sure what I was yelling incorrectly about, but I don't either because I, I didn't have the chance to listen. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, the, Damn it, Dave! You're supposed to consume all of the content, all uh, of it, all the all the time. If that's the case, then I am failing miserably. Um, <laughs> I don't pay a ton of attention to the NCAA stuff because they're a joke, and most programs are going to do what they want to do and basically say, you know, basically just do the whole like, okay, you know, what are you going to do about it? There was also uh, the NCAA had guidelines that were conflicting with some of the state laws that were going to affect um, concerning NIL. NIL, yeah. Uh, where Texas says that the NCAA cannot interfere with, with their state, laws. Right, they can't supersede. Like the NCAA is a governing body of intercollegiate athletics does not supersede state, state law. And the state right. governments who have people that are graduates of these universities are like, look, we're going to get Texas and Texas A&M a leg up on Alabama and Auburn. Yeah. So we want our NIL laws to be Better than Alabama's. Better than Alabama's NIL laws. And then Mississippi is like, well, Arkansas, screw yeah. you guys. And then Arkansas is like, hey, buddy. You know, well, Arkansas is already one of the ones that was involved as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's that makes sense as to why Texas is trying to get a leg up on the states that basically, I mean, Alabama right there as well. But, I mean, states that, that are right in that same South Tex-Mex area. It's I mean, called it's, the SEC, Aaron. This is an SEC thing. Like, this yeah. is strictly, almost strictly an SEC thing. Ask Dave. He'll tell you. We've been, we've been cheating for a while. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, that's the, that's the ironic, funny part about it means more. Because when they say that, what they mean is... We'll do anything. It does mean more. governments right. will change laws so that we can beat you. Well, and okay. our and our boosters will do things that your boosters won't do. Yeah, 
Like there it does some, mean more. There was some stuff in there that the NCAA said that you know boosters can't tell a kid that if you come to this school, you'll get this amount of money, etc. Like from the collective. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just I don't I don't know. Again, my, my point my point with Chad last night is the, NC, the NCAA royally fucked up by not getting out ahead of this. Instead, well, that, of that's that's the point that I laugh about is that that they're they're concerned about whether guys have transferred twice, but right. but now are not that but not that concerned about you know whatever illegal whatever they want to call illegal or impermissible or, you know, you guys saw all this stuff coming on NIL and, and literally did nothing, but now you're going to put the hammer down. You know why they did nothing? Because uh, this is what we talked about last night. They did nothing because, because they thought the Supreme court was going to save them. And in like the only time in history, they lost nine to nothing. Everybody on the Supreme court that doesn't agree on anything was like, no, nah, you guys, you guys are fucked up. Like, but like, <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing is like, why would, why would they think that the Supreme Court would give any shits? Because they're used to getting whatever they want. Right, because they're, yeah, that's why. But the Supreme Court apparently aren't college football fans. They don't do horns down. <laughs> yeah, it's but, but we're gonna but we're gonna put our foot down on two time transfers. Yeah, because kids never go to three like, colleges. Like that, that's that's the that's hill a line we, in the sand. That's too that's far, the hill Dave. we want to die on. That this is important. You know, whatever. And, but that's also to your to my earlier point. To like what Aaron like. It's why I don't really pay attention to that type of stuff. Like it doesn't interest me. It's word salad. It doesn't matter. You think anything that came out or is going to come out, any like I'll just use Tennessee as an example. Do you think anybody in Knoxville cares at all about anything that they that's been said the last couple of days? Like, yeah. uh, you know, standard operating procedure. Get the get the damn dudes. Try to get back to the SC championship. Like. It does, none of the other stuff matters. There was there was some pretty gross stuff that came out of Georgia today um, that I'm I'm not going to get into. But I, has, I saw a, a tweet about it, but I haven't read anything about it. Basically, yeah, like co- to, covering up some not so great stuff. Right. We'll just leave it at that. Correct. <laughs> um, but but I, I don't feel like I don't know. I, I just wonder if it this wasn't a school that had won, you know, back to back championships and was not at the top of the game. How much more we'd be hearing about I I saw one tweet about it all day. And I was curious as to what was going on, but I, I didn't see anything else yeah. the rest of the day from yeah. anybody. Um uh, and you signed the kid even after all of that. So I don't know. Um it, it's just weird what the SEC is willing to do to win. It, it it's gross. Well, it's it's, some, it's gross. some of it is some of it is gross. I will say that. Some of it is gross. Most of it, I'm 100 percent for. I guess my point when I say, when I say gross, there's different varying levels of gross, right? I mean, there's what you're willing to do as far as you can cheat, and it doesn't matter. Um, and we all know that there's a level of cheating that probably goes on in everyone's favorite 
team and what have you. But it's that's that's my thing is it's not that you're morally above it. It's that you just can't. Because if right. you could, because if you could, you you'd would do it too. Sure. So that's, that's, that's you know why why didn't why Mick go know. after why didn't Mick go after top fifteen basketball recruits because the, because the financial structure wasn't in place to buy them like everybody else was buying them. The McDonald's bags weren't heavy enough. <laughs> why did he back out when X school that he knew was going to just go through Adidas or go through Nike and buy the kid? Why did he back off? Because he knew. He knew what was going down. He knew the fix was in, if you will, and that the kid was going to go where he was told to go and the bag was going to get dropped and the AAU coach was going to get paid and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, everybody can drop a bag. You get a bag and you get a bag and you get a bag and you get a bag. But that's that's pretty much what's going on around. And I don't know if you have anything to add in regards to uh, – the NCAA updating their punishments for athletes who violate the gambling rules because that's that's something that we may discuss on the uh, the nightcap tonight. But <laughs> I mean, do, like, do as I do as I say, not as I do. I don't know how you're gonna stop teenagers from legally gambling on sports other than your sport or your or college sports like I, I don't know how i don't think you should why, why should you because there's a fixing the game thing element that is in play naturally yeah, you have, because you have once to, you start gambling then you you know you win you have to do everything like, go ahead go ahead dave well, it's not the gambling I'm trying. I'm. It's not the gambling per se. It's that you have to, like you're saying, give the appearance that everything is on the up and up. Mm-hmm. And if you allow the gambling and you don't crack down on instances of gambling in a very severe way, then you give off this this sense that you know, the the fix is in, so to speak. It's just it's a, I think it's it's, a slippery slope. It's very get, slippery. I'll get into my opinion on the nightcap tonight. It's the slippery slopes. Yeah, because then you're getting into fixing games. Right. And, That's why you have to you have to be hard on it. It can't happen because you can't let your fans get the idea that that this is not straight. Right. Yep. All right. You got anything else for this week? Um, I don't think so. You guys, you guys touched on Cretan stuff the other night. So yeah, I mean there hasn't been anything since. Um, maybe we'll have a thing maybe, to do. To maybe something it. soon. We'll see. Yeah. Um, are you ready for our new sponsor next week, Dave? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Are you? Are you gonna? Are you? Are you? Oh yeah, golf. Golf. golf, golf. Doug Martin extended. Assistant. Doug Martin extended to 2028. Well deserved. And Andy Frick, I think. Yeah. Uh, promoted to associate. Associate head golf coach. Associate golf coach. I knew. I I know they. 
added a couple transfers recently. I believe one from UAB and one from Butler. Uh, golf Austin. is Austin Frick. Sorry. Austin Frick. Austin Frick. Um, golf is doing its thing. I'm hoping to maybe see if we can work something out this summer with some some Bearcat Journal exclusive uh, on the course content. Now that it's off season, but I'm sure you know, just like in every other sport, there's not really an off season, and there will be know. a golf scramble next year. There you're, will be, uh, you're, you're moving into a very very tough conference, and you know you're trying to build off of a NCAA tournament berth, and so I'm sure most, if not all, of the returning players are going to spend most of their time in Cincinnati, and I would like to play golf with them. We'll just you know, be quite frank about it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd like to make that into some content. Yes. Uh, I think it would be fun to to do that, to ride around with, with Coach Martin, you know, in a, you know, informal setting and uh, and just, you know, trying to come up with some new ideas to to bring bring content to the game. Some lazy, uninspired, unprepared ideas. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, like, 4th of July weekend's over, and it's like, let Big 12 let's Media Days. Like Big 12 yeah. Media Days are the week after, and it's like, let's go. It's football season. Are you mad at me? For what? I'm sending Keegan. I couldn't go anymore. I'm just. Okay. I mean, I could leave on vacation three days later. There's no chance <laughs> I could have gone. Keegan hit me with a number. I said, give me a number. What, do you, what number do you need? For me to send you to Big Twelve Media Days, and he he's certainly going to like, he would certainly do more and better work than I would. I, and would I think ch- he's more likely to take a cheap flight to stay in a cheap hotel, like to 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 get the number low. Where the oh, I'd have a I'd have a free, I'd have a free place to stay. Oh, that's not an issue. Um, if you want to price a flight, I'll send you. No, I I can't. I leave three days later. You could you could work remote. I just fly straight from Dallas to Destin. Right. Yeah, yeah. See, the see, honey, you, you you drive to Destin, just you and Will. <laughs> um, and then you you're signing divorce papers in Destin. Yeah. Pro, I will say preliminary plans are in place for the most fun podcast of the year. I'm scared. I've been told rumor sources sources say that uh, a, a suitcase dedicated strictly to DJ equipment, more lights, and I cannot confirm this yet, but a possible fog machine will be uh, could be. I should say could be. So we're not allowed to play the music because of copyright concerns. What music? Any music. Well, if it's in the background. No, that, that like, look, you don't understand. If it picks up anything, it picks up. It picks up TV, like, in the background. Yeah. If, if there's if a I have the Reds game on in the living room and we don't turn it down, we will get copyright stricken because the Reds well, game is picked I mean, up on it, the. If, the, if this all comes to fruition, you wouldn't be able to hear me talking anyway. So it's not like it would be playing while. Okay. We're, you know, because like, how could we have a conversation if 
Right. If the fog, uh, the fog the, machine, the lights, that's all a go. We can if do the all house that. DJ is, you know, if Club Canopy is off the chain at eight o'clock at night. And Club Canopy it, doesn't even start until like ten, right? Oh, later, like eleven midnight. <laughs> yeah. But what is it? The same spot as last year? Nope. New, new house. New okay. house. Two two TVs in the tiki bar in the pool. Yeah, it's a shame that Kelsey's got volleyball tryouts. Or <laughs> I would be tempted to just come down. Maybe book a place close so that I could leave. Yeah, I mean, all of this is is speculation. Uh, cannot we don't know yet for certain. If you if you did not watch this last year, I highly recommend. Will Dan Simon be joining you? Uh, Dan Simon might be joining us. It will. It would be Wednesday, July nineteenth. All right. Do not right. miss the podcast that night. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. I think we're good. Uh, awesome Oklahoma guest. Great job, Dave. That was uh, that hey. was outstanding. What you pay me the big bucks for? Yeah, I mean, you know. Colin Kennedy brought the heat. He did. Had a couple Oklahoma fans in the chat. That's right. So it was good to hear from him. And unfortunately, the, the unfortunate part about that is we're not going to get to do this with him every year. Like this no. is a, it's like a one, we might, we might use him Oklahoma week, like the week of the game. But for the most part, we, yeah. uh, we won't get to experience Colin's expertise. That's okay. Um. So Yeah. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks to Colin. Thanks as always to Dave. Thanks to the dogs for not being too much of a hassle outside of the first 15 minutes. That's the the BCJ podcast brought to you by Holy Grail. If you do go to the Grail this weekend, Godspeed, my friend. Godspeed. We'll see you next week right here on BearcatJournal.com.